Join us as we go beyond the pixels in the Gamer's Edge podcast, the show that takes you behind the scenes of video gaming. Each episode dives into the realms of gaming and eSports, bringing you exclusive interviews with both rising stars and seasoned veterans, coaches, insightful commentators, and industry leaders. So whether you're an aspiring pro gamer, a dedicated fan, or simply curious about the inner workings of gaming and eSports, grab your headset and join us on this thrilling adventure through the virtual arenas where victory, camaraderie, and endless adventure await. What is going on, guys? Welcome into episode one of the Gamers Eds podcast. You will not believe who my guest is. Evan, how are we doing today? <laughs> who is it? I was going to say, who is it? Um, no, I'm good, man. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. And, uh, you know, it's funny how how I'm here because I, I, I've been doing a podcast, Cody, and I saw you reach out about the podcast and you know, I normally don't respond to people, but I just figured, you know what? The timing's so perfect on this. Like, let's let's do it. Let's let's go. And so uh, I said yes, and I'm happy to be here, man. And I'm excited for what you got for me. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be be bringing some questions that might <laughs> might make you think a little bit. Uh, okay. We definitely want to try and get inside the mind of gamers, coaches, commentators, everything like that. Awesome. Uh, so I guess really I want you to take me back with this first one. It's going to be kind of a generic one right off the bat, but of course your time at UCLA, uh, not many people know you were actually drafted by DC United, yet you walked away from the MLS to pursue this. Now, yeah. did that competitive nature of collegiate soccer help you in uh, that drive and determination to uh, pursue this path? Yeah, I mean – it's funny, right? Because I think everything in life is connected. So I think we all, you know, take stuff that we've done since childhood or, or as a teen and we've developed. And those habits are the same habits that show up, you know, in our work environments, in our home environments. And for me, I think I was just such a soccer guy. I mean, it's funny looking back at it because I was such a soccer player. That was my entire identity. And I think that it's weird for people who only know me as, ga as a gamer but or like this athlete background because before that, it was like you you only knew me as a soccer player. And, uh, you know, I mean, from every party that I didn't go to to everything I had to say no to, um, you know, the early to beds, early to rises. And I think just the way that my schedule was, you know, everyone kind of knew Evan is uh, – <clears throat> he's got this number one priority and then everything else falls behind it. And I think that was actually – uh, when I got drafted and, you know, playing four years at UCLA, when that was kind of coming to a head and I realized that opportunity was, I don't know, it, it was almost, it was changing, Cody. It was, it was becoming something where it was one thing. It was my identity. It was how I got into college. It was how I paid for college. It was, it was potentially a career. It was something I was incredibly talented at and good at. You know, I'd won national championships and golden boots and, you know, all through my career, you know, represented the United States uh, on our national team and their U-17s or U-18s. I mean, I had I had checked a lot of boxes off and uh, I just got to the point where I realized I'm starting in a completely different journey now. And that journey is doing it as a pro. And, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, for gamers out there, you know, you could be really good in the in the amateur scene, you'd be really good and even the high level. But once you get signed to a team and you're in the league and you're just running through those things, now it's a whole new journey of 
playing against the best of the best every day. And you got to put in just as much work, like as if you just started. And, and I think I just got a little tired of it. I think I was uh, really more excited to explore other parts of myself. And I, I also, um, and this was just because of the MLS at that time, 10 years ago, I uh, was looking at something around 40 grand to give up finishing school and um, my scholarship and, and move into a very expensive city. And I just, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it for me. So my reconciliation of that concept was in three months, I can go back and keep pursuing it. My agent's still here. I, I had some offers that I could go to maybe Turkey uh, in a third division team. I could uh, go back with the Sounders. The Seattle Sounders had actually called me and trialed me several times uh, You know, during my senior year. Um, the Galaxy, we knew people, LAFC, we knew people, or Chivas at that time. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of options, and I just felt like if it's meant to be, it will be. And the second I said I, I stopped, I was like, man, I think I did it. I think there's something new ahead of me. And, of course, that part of me has always been in how I've done YouTube and, and gaming and stuff, uh, taking that competitive and, and all the things that I've learned, you know, into what I do now. So, you know, it's a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of how I cast how I talk about moments. It's a huge part of my whole personality on broadcast. And it's because I, I have this experience that not, not everybody has, you know, and I, I love to lean on that. So that's what, uh, that's definitely what I love about being honest with my past and bringing it to whatever I do. So it's funny that it's soccer that has propelled you. I actually played soccer all the way through high school as well. Even coaching really? youth, youth soccer. Oh, I love it. That, <laughs> uh, balance though from going from balancing school balancing you said it yourself you're now taking that next step potentially mm. going into the pros now you are pro at casting like i cannot put into <laughs> words like content creation everything like mm, that mm, everything mm. is on that next level for you mm, i appreciate it so where do you find that balance as a esports broadcaster content creator and with with other aspects for other hobbies and stuff like that, do you still yeah. kick the ball around? I mean, is yeah. there is is there a balance between mm -hmm. everything and of course home life balance and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is well, if Cody people knew how to answer that question, then they'd know the secrets to life, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, divorce rate would would go way down. Everybody would be happy. Um, no, I. I I actually just got back from playing soccer and doing one of my hobbies, which is giving back, working with teens and adults, facilitating um, these self-development workshops, which I was I was really privileged to do. You know, I kind of had a, I don't know, like a perfect uh, potion of parents' uh, skills that kind of led me to this because my dad is a group facilitator and has done it for 30, 40 years. And this is all over. He was just in Bulgaria, uh, in Utah. He came back to do one in LA. He's leaving again to go uh, Toronto to do one. And, and this is like, my uncle does that too. So I have this, I know how to work with people and be in front of a crowd. And I have this, you know, sports background. So it's, it's stuff that I think also when I, as it's a part of what I do professionally, it's also its own separate thing that I just, I try to give, credit to and go back to as much as I can away from work. And I think a lot of people see me disappear online. Uh, sometimes I'll go a month or two, I won't do a video, but that's because I'll be working on these events. And that time that I would have made a video, um, I'm, I'm, you know, volunteering doing a workshop with my dad, which is what I just, I just finished doing uh, for the past five days. And I did play some soccer there uh, as well, nice. you know, during lunchtime. And I, 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 you know, to be fair, this is the only time I'm really going to say this and it's going to make sense. I kicked some teenagers' butts, right? I mean, I made sure that they understood 
uh, you know, I came from some place where we knew how to pa pass and score a few goals. So, you know, they learned, they learned, um, but it, we had a lot of fun. And I think that helped ground me, you know. Um, but, you know, it's a great question because how do you handle burnout? How do you handle trying to push all these levers? I have always been of a mind that if you look at this from the long-term perspective and from soccer, I knew there was a cap. I knew there was 30, 40. If you're insane and a very skilled player, you play the right position. You can't be like a forward at 40, but maybe you can transition into, you know, a defensive mid yeah. or some maybe, type of, maybe a sweeper. If you still got the wheels. Yeah. Yeah. There's something you could do. Right. But I knew there was a cap. And when I switched to YouTube and I switched to casting in particular, but YouTube and casting, like, I don't see why that has to stop ever. Like, I honestly think you could just get better at that. And, you know, the best announcers are like 60 years old, right? Doing the NBA finals and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I don't think we've just lived enough time to see YouTubers like Mr. Beast or PewDiePie become 50. You know, I do really think that uh, there's this incredible journey. So I plan for that. I balance my life out like that. I don't rush it. Um, I don't feel the pressure to do it. Not against anybody who does, but I've always really felt that balancing life makes you the best version of you possible. And then that means you're doing great work whenever you show up. So, you know, your compliment is greatest compliment I can get that it's at that next level. I hope so. And, you know, intentionally trying to make sure I don't do stuff that that isn't good, you know, because because I, I know it's not good before anybody else tells me if I'm in that place and I try to just not create from that place uh, as much as I can. Nice. Well, I know you were talking about your dad kind of going around you as well, going around yeah. and around. Way to show him that USA still has some soccer skills. Uh, <laughs> I had to show him. I had uh, to show him. But, of course, esports and gaming, you know, they, they've become really mainstream over the years and everything like that. Yeah. So, but in esports, you often see it bridge the gap between different cultures, especially there at Apex. You know, you do the, mm. the world. So, my question to you, Evan, is this. How have you encountered any unique experiences or interactions that highlight that global impact from esports? Mm. And is there anything that sticks out from your time of casting, you know, on this world stage mm. that will just stick with you for the rest of your life? Wow, that's a beautiful question. Um, I, first of all, in Apex, we have such a great scene that love celebrating uh the game and the game is so good that it has brought the entire world's attention to one focal point and that's that's special that's why um you never should discount a game that can do that that can have hundreds of millions of players i mean it means that it touched something that's almost like universal right in any language in any place that you live there's something about this that people enjoy so for that I love that aspect that we have such a global game. In in you know the ALGS, we have moments that you get to really see the fandom, and I think that's COVID. You know, cutting off a few of the years we would have been doing events in places. Uh, it was unfortunate, but now it's really exciting to be able to go to Sweden, to go to London twice, uh, and and for a third time in September. Uh, people maybe maybe Japan one of these days. You know, I think that when I see in South America, the the love and the camaraderie that, you know, you can look at that. And when they lose, they didn't make it into the winner's finals or the the championship day. And it was one of the first times that hadn't happened. But I, I made this comment to one of my co-casters, like, you know, 
What's different about South America is they would be cheering for whatever team represented South America there, even if it wasn't them. And, you know, it's not often you would see like NRG fans cheer on TSM uh, if NRG didn't make it. And I thought, well, that's a beautiful thing about South America and the camaraderie and the way that 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 continent uh, exists. I have so many friends there. Then you look at uh, APAC, APAC North. And, you know, from Japan to to China to, you know, these teams and the incredible I, I don't want to say giddy so that sounds bad, but I, I was in elevators with uh, Riddle Order and um, they were, you know, barely kind of getting their English out. And I was barely speaking to them, too, because I certainly didn't know Japanese. And there was just this excitement. It was like, we're here. We're we're here to play. We're so excited to be in there. And I and I was just like, wow, that is passion. That is something that is just so infectious to be around. So. You know, being on the being on the world stage with it, I love seeing how every uh, culture um, practices, thinks about the game. Um, we 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 uh, we will see APAC North team specifically, and 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 South American team specifically. They will huddle up. They will all meet together and share information after these days, and they'll you know be at a restaurant or something, and and it's like everyone is here to help each other grow. And then you'll see some teams they they won't even be around in public, right? They go right back. To their to their individual training camp. Everybody's got a different style, but that's what's beautiful when you put them, you know, together on the same stage to see which one is going to win. So um, I love it. It's it's really it's really amazing, and I think that lesson that there are different ways to do things and still be successful. And there's different parts of the world that think completely differently, but if you can appreciate what they do differently, there's so much to gain. That part that the ALGS teaches us, and if you're ever in in a land and you see it. I think that's something you should carry on and I carry on with me for the rest of my life for sure. Nice. Well, we did, you did touch on, you know, TSM and stuff. And I, I think it's safe to say if you're not a TSM fan, you look at Imperial Howl and you're just like, you're the bane of my existence because you're ah, what, you're ah, normally ah. what stops my team from going. Yeah. Uh, so uh, shout out though to, to TSM and Howl and everybody. <laughs> uh, amazing showing normally yeah. a masterclass on how to play apex legends yeah yeah they're 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 a great team i mean when you when you look at tsm i don't really think of uh, a lot of teams and a lot of spaces that could replicate the results that they've had and you know uh you, we talk about zero winning again and three out of four lands is pretty unbelievable uh he's at a different team but so is hal you know hal's earlier teams were different and included Mac, you know, Aberlelli and, and, and reps and him. And, you know, he's had Verholst as well uh, on different wins. And, you know, Hal is, Hal has been the staple, you know, and, and reps too, you have to give him credit of keeping a tone to that team that is relentless, unwavering and infectious to its fandom and its, its history. Like it, this seriousness and need to win that Hal and this team represents, it's not just an Apex thing. It's kind of like an esports thing now. Like he, yeah. I think in, in terms of esports, represents this like determined mindset that, you know, has made him such a big star. And people know he doesn't care about what you think. He just wants to win and he'll do anything he can to do it. That is, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I love that they're in, uh, you know, our, our groups. It's hard not to talk about them all the time. Um, there's a lot of other great stories in the LGS, but 
you know, you always have to tip your hat off. I always tried to because you got to recognize grace greatness, you know, when it's in front of you. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. Not when it's done. Yeah. Do want to, when we talk about tipping our hats here, tip my hat. I, I don't think he'll ever watch this, but his Watson, I hope you're enjoying retirement, man. Great, great year last year, MVP and everything like that. And, and I, understand we talked about burnout earlier and just that that mental game so glad he he's taking the steps to to regain his happiness and stuff uh from you know watching his streams here lately and stuff like that he definitely seems like he's recaptured that love for apex just kind of going back to pubs and everything like that so i do want to tip my hat to him as well i mean you gotta you gotta understand man like it is it is a lot games games are fun when they're your when they're your hobby and you're like a good job, you know, you hope a good job combines 80% fun, but there's always 20% of it, even at the best job that requires you to do a little bit of something you don't want to do yep. in order to do the other 80%. And, and these gamers, they just get no love from the public. Like if they're sad, if they're upset, if they're going through it, if they're tired, no one gives them any love. It's like, dude, you play games for a living and it is a tough place to reconcile and if you're not strong internally and not saying that what his watson isn't but if you if you haven't experienced that before and it's like a new thing it could be challenging and i've seen players take space uh figure it out you know get away from the pressure and come back revitalized i mean new people and look at look at designful i mean he he literally quit in sweden basically after that land performance and then now he's he's in the championships with it's Timmy, you know, an enemy. It's like this is an insane story for him too, and I just it, it goes to show that his Watson could be that designful tale next year too. Uh, so look out, you know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's is this is the last that we've seen of his Watson in in the ALGS. That's just my gut feeling. Yeah, and another, I'm blinking on his name, but the gentleman from Complexity. You know, monsoon, monsoon, another yeah. great story. It, yeah. If, if for anybody watching, if you don't know monsoon from complexity, go look him up, look up uh, some of his bio and stuff like that. Great story uh, to check out and very inspirational as well. Now. Yeah. Great chef too. Oh, I haven't see? tried his cooking. He hasn't offered to cook for me. So, you know, Mon, what's going on? See, maybe we can get him in. I'll just sit back and y'all two can talk the whole time <laughs> and and you can ask him, hey, what's the deal? How come how come I can't get broke off some of this food here? Uh, uh. Now, my next question, though, it does say, you know, we, we've been kind of going back and forth here with podcasting and everything like that. You mm, said mm -hmm. you yourself, you have a podcast going. Sometimes yeah, you, yeah. you, you got to think on your feet and stuff like that. And again, I had that mental lapse earlier where I forgot it. I'll never so, forgive you for that. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Just casting, kidding. of course, that does require quick thinking and analysis. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how do you prepare yourself mentally before going live or recording a podcast to ensure, ensure that you're providing insightful commentary during all these matches? Especially, okay. especially with the roster mania that goes on with, with Apex at times. Okay, okay. Here's how I Here's how I think about it, okay? First of all, everyone prepares differently. I know certain talent friends of mine, they will prepare word documents, Excel sheets, uh, for months in advance. I can't do that. I don't, I don't function that way. That doesn't work for me. Um, and it's not that it's a bad way. It works really well for them. For me, I know that 
when I am speaking in the moment and reacting to people, oftentimes the best entertainment, the best television, the best esports event, in my experience, is when the energy of the broadcast flows. Like for instance, if you see that bounce, that back and forth, that conversation, it feels lively. It feels like everyone's engaging. It feels like, you know, but maybe you challenge that question because it creates this interesting moment. Well, well, I didn't expect that and it bounces back and you kind of keep people on their toes, but with interest and with fun, a little bit of charm, that to me makes people go, I like watching the desk or I like listening to this cast. And then you get back on track right? Because then you got your leaderboards, you've got your things that you've got to say. If I prepare a lot of documents, it's 10,000 stats. And this, trust me, I've done this before and like trying to figure out my style. I, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. What, what it happens is then you look for the moment to say the stat you've prepared and the moment doesn't come because production goes, guys, uh, we need you to fill for three minutes, but we're going to play this, uh, you know, VT, which is going to be two and a half minutes. And I want you to react on the back of that. And then we're going to tell you if leaderboards are ready. And so you go, and then you're like, you got a stat about the final circle, but now we need you to talk about it's Timmy, right? So your whole, your whole prep is gone. And if that's what you're relying on, then you're not going to be ready for that moment. And as a host, and as someone who uh, my training at high res was very much fill. I learned to fill all the time. So there's literally nothing that can almost go wrong. Like at, at, at land, we, we filled for 45 minutes on air. And I think it took an hour and a half to start the main game. And we had nothing to go off of no games, but you know, Dia and I, I think Dia handled that incredibly well, but that's my bread and butter. Like I can do that. And so for me, my prep is in a different way. All to say that, you know, for the first seven, eight weeks, I changed my diet completely. You know, we're adults. We, we have adult beverages here and there. I stopped having any of those uh, at all, not even just for respect. I'm getting married this year too. So there's a lot of fun little things we're doing. I just know I started eating differently, focusing on sleep, gym. Um, I, I got my outfits right. Because when I feel good and I feel like I've got everything together, like then my brain can relax on that. I started noticing that, and this is, I learned this in school, like getting a good night's sleep, relaxing, uh, doing a little bit of studying, but not overwhelming myself, trying to remember everything. I perform better on those tests than when I crammed all the way up until it. So I, I've carried what's worked for me into casting, and that has helped me develop my own rhythm. Um, I try to stay out of drama. I don't worry about, uh, I kind of stop talking a lot to my people like I get very short texts like my you know and my my family and like my you know fiance they all know like I'm kind of working so I limit distractions and that and then I go on and I try to be as present as possible and that is how I found success for me I know other people could not do it that way and I know people they need to know what they're going to say and they say when, it, when it's on camera it's great Cody but for me I've always known that you know, I have to trust my intuition on what is going to put the best version of Rain Day out there uh, so he can be who he needs to be. And that's that's how I found it so far. And you know what? It might change later. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not that I can't do a Google sheet here and there, but uh, in terms of the big picture, that's that's always how I prep. And, and then I see what comes out. Now, you mentioned tossing back and forth. I do want to say your video where you talked about tossing and the mess yeah. up that you had at the Paladins world yeah. and how you'll never yeah. do. 
Yeah. I have shown that to my co-caster PB several times Ah. to help like perfect our casting. We went back and looked at that and that video alone has helped us become so much better as Mm. casters. And of course we, we do call of duty and we do rocket league. Right. Um, But you're able to take that same dynamic and and apply it elsewhere. So you don't even know it, but you, you, you've had a great, hand in molding us into the casters that we've become well i i love that story man thank you for sharing that that really means a lot that that video i had i had another moment where someone came up i was in atlanta doing an event with uh mountain dew and um the hbcu colleges and this person came up and said hey i'm like hey it's like you don't know me but i've used your video to teach my uh students my teenage students at my you know my high school uh who are in the esports program i'm like what video first of all and then we had that talk and so now i i know very much about that video that you're talking about uh he's used it and it really inspired me to be like you know what that video was a result of at high res and my training, I always say, Cody, I did this master class at high res where we would have 10 casters every morning come in and we had three different leagues to cast almost every day, five days a week, eight hours a day. And when we were done, we would go in and then the cast would be up. And this was our job. Like, so we're all critiquing everyone's cast all the time. And you know, at events, sometimes you could barely hear the cast, like and there's so much going on in the crowd in this work environment. It was like, crystal clear and we would do these feedback sessions and these notes were notes I got or gave or things I learned and I realized there's really not a lot of that in the esports infrastructure it's kind of like sink or swim and uh so it's inspired me your words really inspire me I feel like there's more desire for stuff like that you know I've, I've thought about doing more um videos or you know, even a course uh, on esports and and casting, just from my perspective, because you know, even if it helps a few people, right? I mean, that's that's pretty game changing if if people are doing it as a career. So um, I love that, and thank you again for for reminding me of that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look at that a little bit more seriously later this year. I, I definitely recommend it. Like it, like you said, there there's not very much out there in that aspect, and just there's that not. one video alone yeah. ha- has helped mold us uh now what, what 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 one thing let me ask you this question what one thing uh do you think made the biggest difference that you noticed was it that was it that toss thing de- at the end? definitely the toss we we yeah. were the first time we casted we were speaking over each other and i have this inflection way of talking where i get kind of and then i go down and i would dead drop on him where i instead of building him up i was just like and there's so and so right and And he'd have to take it back up yeah and then he would do it to me and we were like man it just it doesn't feel right and then i watched your video and i was like that's it that's exactly what is going on with us and we practiced it um wow where we were again we're call of duty casters first Mm -hmm. and foremost so it's Mm -hmm. like when the call of duty cast we'd get on we'd mute the cast and we'd cast it with each other just as practice and uh it, it really helped and I, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, and I believe that's another tip that, that you gave in one of your videos is doing just that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Honestly, working with your, your partner, I've, I've been really privileged to have just great casting, uh, team members throughout my time learning. And, uh, you know, I, I had the privilege of casting with one of my very good friends, 
who, you know, still working in games, but we're, he's, he's, uh, he's left high res now, uh, pretty hair who, you know, we just did so much time together that we could really start to work on those things. And it is, it's tough in, in maybe more of the esports world where you are just taking different jobs and casting with different people, but there's, there's this magic that's hard to replicate when you have a pair that works on those things that knows each other. That's kind of friends that has these inside jokes, but then is is here's the thing that I always loved about what Nick and I would do. We would have so many jokes. We would have so many of this. We'd understand each other. We, we were in studios. We could develop the body language stuff. We'd make mistakes. We'd learn from it. We'd have chances to talk, but then we were always honoring the game. And I think when a, when a casting pair, like elevation for me in terms of casting is <clears throat> when you can be honoring the game, but then also have fun for a second and then joke, joke a little bit, maybe, you know, be a little sarcastic and move right back into the seriousness of the moment. And um, to me, that's dynamic. That's like special. I don't know a lot of people that can, that can do that. And so, you know, for me and Apex, I love all of my crew, but, you know, I've really focused on trying to shift into becoming the best host that I can and um, casting when I need to to help the team. But uh, I miss, I do miss the, the like, dedicated pair uh, learning process that you seem like you have with uh, PB, Cody. So I'm, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Well, and that also, hopefully we're going to be taking that to the next level <laughs> once, uh, once we both graduate full sale. Uh, okay. So we're we're both full full sale uh, Armada students right now in is in broadcasting a, and stuff. Full sale. Wait. So tell me what it what is that? I never heard of full uh, full, full, sale. full sale university out of Florida. Okay. In uh, Florida. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually taking their sports broadcasting program, uh, which is wow. through. Oh man, he's been on ESPN. I'm sorry, I'm blanking out. Not Rich Eisen. Um, well, there, there's a gentleman from ESPN who uh -huh. now is with Fox Sports 1. Dan uh, Patrick. Thank you, Dan Patrick. Jeez, I could not think of that. Uh, uh, he, is, he has helped develop this program. Uh, and from what I've seen and talking with the staff and, and looking at former alumni, it, mm. this is where my heart is telling me. It, it's leading me in my life path here. And, I love uh, that. Uh, I was talking with them and I was like, my main thing isn't really so much sports. I love sports. I have a whole shelf dedicated over here that my wife allows me to have that has all my sports <laughs> stuff. But I was like, for me, it's esports. And I talked with them and their instructors and stuff. And they said, we don't mind if, you know, when these projects are due, you know, you take some of that esports. It's still competitive. You still have to do play, play, pay and everything like that. So they're going to allow me to, Bless you. They're going to allow me Thanks. to, you know, pursue what I actually love and enjoy while still blending that with getting a bachelor's because it is advanced as well. So it's two years right. for a bachelor's uh, wow. instead of four years. Wow. That is awesome. I mean, that's fantastic. And I think ultimately you are uh, setting yourself up for success in, in a lot of different ways because it is, it is, um, noticeable when someone's done training like i we've we've got a really really good friend uh that used to teach us all at high res too i mean we had this eclectic group but he he uh, had done a full broadcast degree and he had worked in radio uh for the for pittsburgh baseball and um he knew all these things that we just you'd never know but there were such things that are so 
core to even how I move through the, how I stand, how I put my hands when I'm, you know, it's like little things that, uh, yeah, again, you don't learn, um, in esports right now, just, you just exist or try, <laughs> you try to make it in East. It's kind of like sink or swim, but, uh, so valuable. So if that's the stuff you're doing, man, I think you're going to be, you're really putting yourself into a great position. That's exciting. Well, I do appreciate it. Yeah. Now, Evan, as a caster and content creator, mm. you've had the opportunity to cover various esports events. Which event or moment stands out as the most memorable for you in both Paladins and Apex Legends? Mm. Well, I think for me, the most memorable moment in terms of Paladins uh, was being able to, I think for Paladins specifically, uh, our first world championship was probably the most interesting one. The one in that video, it was the first like foray into um, having that limelight moment. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was, um, but I just remember being so excited and it was the first time we were in front of people doing this uh, with with it felt big it felt big for the first time and uh i had so much fun at all the land events we did in paladins i think uh dreamhack valencia was really fun too but you know i think nothing stands out from a casting perspective more so than our world championships with nick and uh the first one we did is always going to have a very special uh you know place in my heart uh for apex i think it has to be there's there's two there was one there's there's definitely one moment on stage that I felt the most. And it was last year's championships. And I felt that, um, I felt the swelling of emotion because we had invested so much uh, into the game. And we had done it in the, the hardest of circumstances where you don't get any of the benefit. You don't see anybody watching that. You don't connect to any of the viewers or the people who are passionate about it. And it turns out you guys were there. Everyone was there. Uh, which is what makes it so insane to see the the love in the stadiums, you know, even in a place like England or, you know, Raleigh. But championships felt when, when I was doing that close, as all of the members of talent were walking up onto the stage, those who were casting, those who were off in the green room, and they were walking up behind the desk and kind of hugging each other. And I was giving this close. I felt like, like we did it. And I felt like we made it through. We put on the show. We went through all those years where we did shows during, you know, marches and we did shows during pandemics and we did shows during, you know, uncertainty and, 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 and war torn, you know, things in the U S and I, I really felt that we, it was like some type, some type of like hill that we finally were able to climb and plant our flag on. Like we were here, we, we did it. And uh, that was definitely the most memorable moment 
at, for me from that. Um, I will, you know, it's funny. I'll go back to, and I'll say for Paladins, it was that. The other moment was when I left and uh, on broadcast, my very last broadcast. That was probably um, when I really think about it, my most memorable moment there, because that was also a, a moment of ending. And, you know, I ended up tearing up, um, you know, it was with Nick. It was our, it was our finals. Um, you know, I ran back onto the desk as well with, with my friends and, and we gave him a never give up, never stop gaming. We'll see you next time. And I think it's still his header photo um, on his on his on his Twitter profile. But it was just, you know, I, I, I'm a very sentimental guy. And I look back at the you do all that to, to have that moment. And you look back at it and you go, we did our best. We did everything we could. And we we, we put on the show to me. That's the romance of it. It's like and it was this great moment in, in time and it's gone now. It'll never be back. But it was special. And all the things we had to do to get to that place were great. So, you know, thanks for asking that question. Um, and those are definitely those are definitely the moments that stand out. What if championships this year will give me another moment like that? I don't know. I'm excited to to see if that's the case. Yeah, you did mention like through COVID, through everything else. Yeah, Apex came out really at this weird time of right when the momentum for the game, and of course it came out, and then it had a battle war zone and. People had to find out about it, and then the competitive mm. nature had to go, and then of course COVID hit, and all yep. this kind of stuff. So to see players continue to put their all into it, see y'all continue with the production of it, man, it, it's great to see. Again, I'm a huge esports fan. This past weekend for myself was like next level because we had Championship Sunday for Halo, then mm. we had day one of the valorant world championships mm -hmm. we had rocket league mm -hmm. uh, wild card weekend just as an esports fan i i was in heaven so to see y'all continue on through everything and continue to put this product out has has been amazing and yeah it's not just me it's there's a there is an incredible team that no one sees at all you know us talent get we definitely are in the trenches, but there's also just this amazing team behind the scenes too. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a labor of love. I will say, um, I'm just happy we, we all got through it. I'm going to rewind just a little bit here. We, we talked yeah. about the last moment there at Paladins. What was the very first moment <laughs> for casting for you and what uh, made you fall in love with it? I might, you know, my first for actual cast was, it was DreamHack Sweden. I mean, what a what a journey, right? Like out of my parents' bedroom making YouTube videos, or not my parents really at that time. It was my parents' house, my bedroom. I, there was a moment I was doing videos outside of my parents' living room every Tuesday, seven p.m. when they went out for this little like they had like a dinner or something, and I would stream to my seven viewers. Uh, but I literally, when I was just transitioning into high res, it was like uh, one broadcast, another broadcast, fly you out. We want to hire you that day. We didn't tell you we we're going to hire you. We just told you we we're giving you a studio tour. Decide I'm doing it. Next thing coming up is DreamHack Sweden. Um, and honestly, like, I was very confident. Like, I, I have been in front of – I've been in front of groups before, but I didn't know what it would be like to – you know, in person, see what the, like, vibe would be like. And DreamHack, if you've ever been at DreamHack, it's very – for a lot of the games, if you're not Counter-Strike, for a lot of the games, it's pretty casual. Like, people come, they sit, they chill, you know, they leave. It's not like, 
oh, what is this guy going to say? Oh, he messed up big time. It's like, you know, so it was actually a really nice way to, you know, get my feet wet in the industry. But I remember, I, I don't even have this notebook, but I remember I wrote down like a hundred things that I could talk about. Like I was like, champions okay now cards okay now maps okay now uh meta okay now and i just had a hundred different thoughts and some were questions some were just opinions some were some were thoughts like in between like just let's get into theory crafting what ifs um and i just i just was so prepared and i uh i remember that helped me a lot too so i was very happy that i did that but um you know it was the first time i really got to experience esports and uh, I definitely fell in love with the environment. Um, saw some of my first fans ever in real life at that point. Um, you know, I look like a baby um, with my haircut. I remember um, <laughs> I remember I had like a little mohawk uh, and then like a line through my hair. I was I was all over the place, but it was it was really wonderful. And I think if I had had a different experience to start, maybe I would have. Uh, I don't know, but that definitely kept the fantasy up for me. And I was like, I need more of that. I need more international fun things um yeah so that was great yeah i i know players talk about the dopamine that they get uh off of the well the the high off of that championship rush um so i can only imagine what what that is like i i played in bands um my, my <laughs> co-caster uh yeah. pb he's been signed to a major band before and done oh nice world tours so we we have a similar idea but not to that to that level yet mm. yet yes it's happening <laughs> I, I hope so hopefully one day we we shall see but of course we did talk about or you mentioned at least making yeah. the youtube videos now youtube yeah. now has changed so dramatically and i think mm. correct me if i'm wrong 2012 mm -hmm. is when you started full-timing making youtube yeah. videos yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, that sounds about because I think it was like maybe two or three years before I went to high res, uh, which probably was about 20, 2012. Yeah, 2013, because I went to high res in like 2016. So, yeah. Now, what would you say to that kid making those videos there and the expansion of YouTube also? How do you see YouTube playing a big part in esports going forward? Um, you know what? It's interesting. I'm I'm a bit of a unicorn, and it's because I went backwards. But there's not a lot of content creators who are also esports casters, and there's not a lot of esports casters who even really know how to make content or care to. Uh, it's more about care to because they've got great personalities. It's just that they they're 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 already have a job like no, most people don't need to do two things right like people are like i'm good i'm an esports caster that's what i am and i do some other stuff but i don't need to do two jobs and for me i was always like well this job is going to lead to this job and i don't want to give up either job so let me do this and now let me do this too so i was all i always like having little things and i just push different levers like esports a lot okay not as many events all right let's do a lot of youtube and then not as many of that oh we have a lot of sponsorships so that's how i've always thought about it but i think in the future Content creators uh, are going to become way more personality, like personalities. Personalities are also going to have to become content creators, uh, at least if you want a sustainable um, kind of income for being an esports person, right? Uh, the benefits of of broadcasting is you know you get to have that show, you get some exposure, you get to you know um, 
be a part of a community and 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 tap in to you know, some hardcore fans that you know you could then if you're making content for them uh find a hub i mean i've i've literally i've got some great friends who have just dedicated themselves to making content for a scene even though they're not really content creators but they're like they want to do the podcast on the deep dive of the stats of the game and you're like okay i'm i'm into this and as and it's like esports content so i think we're i think i've experimented with that this year um i usually make beginner guides i've always done that i've always done new stuff beginner guides news um tips it becomes harder when the game ages though to always have new players who don't know beginning things so i've like i asked myself this question do i dive into apex more or do i shift to widen my uh gaming approach now and i think that's always a question but i do think that this last year i've really loved diving in more and going okay how can i make accessible content that's still diving deep and nuanced and i felt like the five rule series was a result of that. And, um, you know, talking about let's look at how, and let's have a fun game of how, but let's, let's make five tips about how and how, if you look at what he's doing, but then it's also getting you into the competitive, you're learning yeah, about competitive, yeah. you know? So all of that for me was, uh, was just a part of the process. And I think more and more, these things are becoming integrated and, uh, we're seeing it in Hollywood too. You know, actors are, Oh, they have 500,000 followers. Okay. Well, sure. Well, he can be a, a role. Like let's, let's talk to his agent. You know, these things are starting to be big. And I think in esports, I've seen people say you can't host this, this gig unless you have 10, 15,000 Instagram followers. It's like, wow. Okay. So I, the more people know that and learn it, um, the more these skills will be intertwined and they help everything, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. We see it, especially some of the uh, esports athletes as well are starting to push their own twitch their own the the new one kick everything like that YouTube. oh yeah uh and and that really helps also sustain them uh you want to see them be able to perform and to where not everybody is how winning all these tournaments and stuff getting mm. all that money some of the lower seeds uh I'd, i've talked with a lot of challengers players when especially casting the challengers uh stuff and for some of them the i guess fan support is what i i would call it that they obtain through their twitch through subscribers through that is what yeah. allows them to kind of be carefree they can work a part-time job instead of right. having to work a full-time job and push right. that so that content game uh because that's essentially what it is it's a whole new ball game through content yeah. Uh, yeah. has to be something especially for the the i, I want to call them lower tier um, but that's all that keeps the the developmental guys that are still yeah, developing they're in their process. skills. They're yeah. in process of getting uh, to that place where that can just sustain them. And the truth is, you know, one of these things could sustain me, but I don't want to just do one. And, you know, what if the next day something, something stops, you know, like we had COVID happen, like who knows, like, yeah. you know, having as many options uh, and routes is, is great. Like I write too, you know what I mean? Like I have many different things that, uh, I want to put my time into. So I, I always suggest that players do it. And, you know, I wouldn't tell people to do anything I'm not doing myself. And I think that is something that I've found tremendous value from and has helped me to stay, you're right, like not burnt out. And also 
if one thing doesn't happen for a while, not like, oh, well, now I got to go get a full-time job again. You know what I mean? I've been I've been blessed in that regard. So um, great advice for sure, Cody. I think you're, you're right on the money with that one. And uh, I'd love to see players do that more and more. Now with the the change here in ranked play from Apex mm. and everything like that, mm -hmm. um, put you on the hot seat here. We okay. we've seen a lot of the competitive guys kind of angry at the mm. new rank system there in Meta. And again, this yep. is the only game out right now where I think it's eighty five to ninety percent of the player ranking is in Masters right now. Right, right. You have seen Apex from its inception into this. Yep. yep. Where do you see this game going in the future? And how is it going to be easier? Or how are you going to be able to find that raw talent in the pool if 85 to 90% of your gameplay is in that master, that top tier? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you bring up two separate very good issues that i think apex is trying to address right now one the fact that we had so many masters last season is not a representation of true player skill obviously and so that system is constantly being tweaked um i have a position that isn't going to be as dramatic but will help someone who's dealing with a lot of frustration is that it's it's ebbs and flows i mean this game has seen ups and downs uh and it has continued to be a game that millions of people play every day and they will continue to play it these are those aren't necessarily the metrics unfortunately that that stop a game like that and and i've been in a game development cycle that had tons of players but made no money and that's what stops that's what actually stops a game from being able to pay their designers uh pay their things and that and that's fortunately people don't realize apex is a is a unicorn that top 10 steam list has been that way for many, many years. And Apex broke into it. It's a top four, top five game nearly all the time uh, with two to 400,000 concurrence. Um, and that is insane. That is incredible. So, and that's just on, on Steam. So I think that patience, all things are handled with time. Um, generally, uh, if something is not good, they make a pretty good correction. That's what I've seen with Apex. Uh, pretty good. They're also not a developer that, that rushes things so if you have an issue they're going to wait till the next season or they're going to wait till the mid-season typically unless it's truly broken until they change it and i think with this with with the ring and with uh ranked they need to get the information on is this the right direction or do we need to change it and one thing i know having talked to to um i believe it's evan um but he is very willing to change something if it doesn't work and i think that is all you can ask for for a designer because we do ask for apex to keep surprising us and giving us something new and taking us in a new direction and that is not something you have to you can really say has no response i mean it has an incredible amount of responsibility attached to continually trying to surprise this huge group of players and deliver and over deliver so sometimes with that you got to do something different and if it works awesome you're the king if it doesn't work have the humility to go it's not working and change it and what they're doing is exactly that so i get the players are frustrated it is frustrating in the moment but big picture um i don't think people are going to you know the second it becomes exactly what they want again they're going to be happy right so you know big picture let's pull back apex has done well um and i think it's going to continue to do well and find find its way even if yeah it's got to experience some growing pains but rather that than staying stagnant to me now 
just to speak of the love of this game and everything like that, we see some of the Call of Duty pros like Scump and Kenny and some of the, especially the the optic guys as yeah, well as right now. Yeah. yeah, the LA Thieves guys. A lot of these guys are switching during the off season from Call of Duty That's right. to Apex. So uh, again, that goes to show the greatness of this game and its popularity. I mean, I, 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 we had a game. I mean, I just have this, such an interesting being from that side of the designer side. You are praying. I mean, you know how many games that come out each? I mean, they, all these games come out and like people play for a week and then and then the next game comes out. To have a game that comes out that isn't even planned, that just launches two days later and to have 100 million players and downloads and to have this many concurrence and billion a billion dollars in revenue over a year and like this is insane like this is the dream this is it this is what everyone's been waiting for any studio wants this so i always look at what's going on with apex from that perspective because from the game dev side it's like making a world of warcraft or like a diablo for the first time you're like dude this is a jackpot like let's keep yeah this is a bait we got to treat this like this is this is everything so the one great thing is that for apex players we're, we get a ton of resources uh we get a lot of uh focus and attention it means our esport is all is supported it means there's just a lot of things that um everyone can win off a successful game so um yeah it's a it's a beautiful thing to see and i think that apex is uh it's just been just been blessed i mean it's I'm blessed that Apex came around. It's certainly changed my life. I know yours, and I'm sure many of these players. Some bumps in the road, but um, I'm over. I'm overall always grateful for what Apex has done and continues to do in the in the gaming space. Nice. Well, we've seen, like, previously in the past, uh, we mentioned TSM, but we've seen some uh, a TSM skin in the game and everything like that. It's honestly one of my favorite things about Apex is. With some other games, like uh, the old Star Wars shooter, yeah. uh, uh -huh. some of the Call of Duty, you you can buy a certain pack, and you've got tracer rounds and stuff like that, where it's almost yeah. like a pay-to-win, where Apex has kept it, look, our microtransactions is skins for our characters, skins right. for our games, and maybe you get some crafting and, and an heirloom, but beyond right. that, right, bring your gun skill, and, and that, <laughs> that's been my, my favorite thing about them. But could we possibly see down the line? Because hey, I'll be honest. If you put out a optic skin, I'm a big optic fan. Again, I'm from Texas, so yeah. I would snatch up that that optic skin in a heartbeat. Is that something right. we can maybe look forward to down the line? Do you have any inside information you could drop on us? Well, listen, no inside. So this is all speculative. But having seen that side from a different company and and uh. And also just my, my intuition, uh, it's, it has nothing to do with the actual desire to do that. It has probably a lot to do with marketing and legal and, uh, it's well out of, I think, design. I think it's well out of the people who are actually making the game because you, you get into money, you get into profit sharing and you get into uh, things that, um, that, that people now have a hand in, uh, when it comes to. To the bankroll so i think that ultimately i'd love to see more collaborations like that what it's going to take though is a, a mutual benefit 
from everyone. Like, you know that deal. Like, I feel like once this really happens and it truly becomes like the status quo, it will change the industry forever. And I'm not sure the industry needs that yet. I think esports needs that more from the industry. Um, and I'm not sure the industry still has that awareness. I think EA is pretty good about it. I think they've always taken care of their esports really well. I've worked Madden, I've worked FIFA, I've worked, you know, so I, I think EA does it really well. But some some people, you know, they don't connect how valuable esports are to the, their game making money, right? Or their their community being thriving. So until that fully shifts, I think we're probably going to see a lot of these conversations not proceed to the next level. But when it does happen, it's going to be like Jordan when he got Nike to give him proceeds over like shoes and it changed the whole game like they did they never gave players the 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 money for each shoe sold and now that's that's completely that opened the floodgate so now when you have teams able to get money for skins being sold and not flat fees um that will open up an insane amount of revenue uh but that will also be revenue that could have gone to the game and i'm not sure they're ready to make that step yet so we'll yeah. see i don't know what i don't know what will push them to that cody i i really don't I really don't know, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see it there. I think it'll take like a, literally, I think it'll take like an EA or an Epic Games or somebody like that big to just do it and make it status quo, and then, and then the industry will probably follow suit. Nice, yeah, because that, that's something as a casual, uh, casual fan who's a little bit more yeah. than casual. It's something that, that I, that I, <laughs> you don't strike me as casual, Cody. For some reason, <laughs> you don't strike me as casual. Yeah. But at, uh, <laughs> I guess as your everyday fan for, for uh, these esports teams, it's something that, that I wish for, but you don't think about the whole dynamic of now you're dealing with separate entities, separate properties per team. Yeah. And especially in a game like apex, which is worldwide and so many especially with the opening up of apex to the the challenger side and everything like that mm. you know then you're, you're you're in a whole new ball game whole you're in league. a whole new ball game yeah whole and, new thing. I and mean, that that's something you you don't you don't think of who who, who like you know what what of a who, who's in the league right like who who gets the skins right because it is it is it BR demons who who maybe they they come in third right but they're they just are like an org of like three dudes like three dudes who decided to make that org but they're in the ALGS does that mean they get a skin are they making you know a million dollars off of like it the ideas are kind of from that perspective a little crazy and also uh yeah who's who's green lighting that and and who's who's winning in the the legal battle because it's like everyone wants to you know seeing these these contracts it's like in pep perpetuity throughout the universe forever uh you know everyone's trying to make sure that they win right so it'll take a second but <laughs> uh i'll be i'll buy a skin when it happens i'll buy a skin too cody if they put that optic skin in there or something i'll, I'll, I'll grab one of those too gotcha. <laughs> well again i can't thank you enough i know you even gave me an extra great, 20 man. minutes yeah. man i can't episode one has set the bar so high for this podcast mm. and, and it can't I, I can't thank you enough. You have, I'm speechless when it comes to my, like my gratitude. Uh, I can't say it enough. Uh, and well, not, not only for doing this podcast, but, but for everything from, you know, it, when I was trying to learn how to play smite and you were putting out smite videos and stuff for, wow. for, for, for those that don't know, go back and, 
I'm not sure if it's still in in the YouTube catalog, but you've oh, it's in there. All my smite stuff, it's it's in there. Yeah, and uh, again, a little personal shout out to my friend Daniel Smiley. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your vacation right now in Vegas. But he is the reason I got into uh, Smite, and I was terrible at it. So I watched many of your videos back in the day for that <laughs> as well. Uh, but some of my favorite videos ever, man. I love I love that time in Smite. That's so formative for me. Now, my final question to you is this: For that person sitting at home right now, mm. who has been listening to us and now thinking, man, I think I could maybe be a host or maybe <laughs> I want to do YouTube videos or, you know, something like that. Yeah. They, they're, yeah. they now are inclined to try it. Mm -hmm. What's your advice to them? Well, my advice is to, if you're sitting at home and people have, have told you, you know, you're funny or you tend to, you tend to take that role of, of, you know, presenting or, you know, commentating, even over your friends playing sports or board games, there's definitely some room uh, for you. You might be talented at this and it's worth going after it. I think for YouTube, the reason I always push it is because that's how I got into hosting and that's how I practiced speaking um, and being honest and going with the flow. And I think that's one of the a very important thing in hosting and in, in commentary, being able to do a little improv and and roll with the punches and not know what's going on and still turn a phrase and, and turn it into something interesting and valuable. So I suggest that if you're at home and you have the desire to do this, that you start, um, you know, journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one. And YouTube is certainly a journey of a thousand, maybe a hundred thousand, maybe a million steps. But what I can guarantee is that in the process of walking that path, you will learn a lot, not just about yourself, but about other people and maybe how they perceive you, maybe how you perceive what you're doing and it's maybe not so good. And that's okay because you could do it again and work on it and get better. And then that starts you being unafraid of people looking at you or thinking you're not good enough and knowing, you know what? I am in this process of getting better. I'm better than I was when I started that's what's good enough for me. And I keep that mentality in everything I do. Not every video bangs, not every cast is amazing. But when I look back four years ago, or I look back when I started, I am a completely different person. You know, I can kick my old self's butt in terms of casting and hosting now. And I think as long as you keep that in mind, um, it is a worthwhile journey for anyone because it is a journey of self-development. And uh, that's my pitch on everyone should have a YouTube channel. <laughs> nice. Well, again, we can't thank you enough. Hopefully, you have enjoyed episode one here at the Gamer's Edge podcast. Uh, episode two, we're going to be staying in the Apex realm as Bo, a.k.a. Rambo, the three-time MVP, will be joining us here for episode two. Uh, anything you want you want me to pass along to Rambo here from you? Uh, you know what, Rambo? I, you know, I miss you. I miss that long hair. I hope that you, uh, you're having fun. I know it's summertime. I'm surprised you got him off the beach. I'm basically surprised you got him off a surfboard, um, and into some place with the internet because you know, uh, anything, if I know Rambo, he's, he's on a beach somewhere, uh, all the time and he's loving it. And so we, we love the infectious vibe. Uh, send them my best and you guys have a great one. Thanks for having me, Cody. Um, always, uh, always fun to talk about esports and gaming and, and the stuff that I love and the stuff that I, you know, um, moving my life towards. So thank you for the opportunity and good luck, man. Good luck on the, on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.
you try and have a blessed day and i i can't thank you enough again for for coming on and uh yeah rambo just got off vacation he was actually spearfishing and stuff here this past week so right on the money with it i know i know <laughs> but again we'll see y'all next time guys peace